I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is TV worth talking about. We're not at war. That is an illusion. This is Shrine Podcast Vigil. Hello and welcome to Shrine Podcast Vigil. I'm Brendan. I'm Hannah. And I'm Rebecca. Now, before we start, I'd like to say thank you to Pat for our fancy new intro and to Aideen, uh, who's dulcet tones you hear at the start of all of our podcasts. Aideen has started her own podcast. It sounds brilliant. So it's called Pivot. And basically, she chats to people who've made big, like, life and career changes. But it may have taken them quite a while to get there. So, if you've been thinking of, like, making a change to, like, your job or your life or, you know, shaking that man right out of your hair and you just haven't done it yet, um, Pivot is definitely, definitely worth a listen. Uh, and you can find it, as we always say, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um I have to say, as well, thanks to Hannah who brought us. It is really, really, really hot and humid in Dublin today. And Hannah arrived with Mars Bar ice creams for us all. And a fun fact. They are a revelation, guys. And they're very low in calories. Like, I honestly think they're less than a Mars Bar. I don't know the calories of a Mars Bar, but they're a hun. It's called How to Pivot. Apologies, Aideen. How to Pivot. How- Will we start it again? No. Yeah. Okay, Grant. No, I just want just to make sure people are searching How for the right pivot. thing. Just when they're on, you know when they're go- you know when you're looking where you're getting your podcast. So it's you're more like, of a guide. This how is to how to pivot. pivot how guide. to change your yeah. life, basically. Yes. Back to the Mars bars. They're a revelation. Yeah. 197 calories and they're just a pure joy. Because it's about 27 degrees in Dublin today and it's very humid. Now, we're not going to complain about that. We're very lucky. But I needed an ice cream and I didn't realise. We were sitting, I actually only rewatched uh, episode three for the, for the second time today and Rebecca <laughs> produced a cold compress at one point. I was stuck to the sofa. <laughs> so hot. So hot. But listen, like it's going to be full on spooky season, foggy, Cold oh, this is the end of it now. Soon. Let's appreciate yeah. it. Let's enjoy our Mars ice creams. I think they're an underrated ice cream, to be honest. They're a taste sensation. And they've been around for years. I don't think enough people talk about them. I don't think enough people know how low the calories are on them. So there you go. What flavour is the ice cream? Is it um, caramel? Are you going to read out the ingredients list for us? We might drop a few listeners. <laughs> no, I can't find it. Anyway, it's gorgeous. I would have thought vanilla. No. I just would have thought Butter, vanilla with toffee. a, ca- with a caramel Yeah, sauce. like toffee, caramelly flavour. Anyway, they're delicious. Lovely. Uh, now, in the third episode of Vigil, there was an extremely tense scene in which Saran Jones cemented herself as a screen icon. The doe-eyed walking HR department, Elliot, was revealed as possibly a bit more of a Robert Durst than we would like to have thought. And we were treated to an albeit brief, but rousing songs of praise moment nestled in amongst a whole host of nuclear weapons. Now, speaking of songs of praise, I tweeted this on Sunday. Oh my God. And the official BBC Songs of Praise account replied. And I was like, God, is that you? Because I didn't even at them. Like, I don't know how they... Thought. I need to tell they my mom about that. Vigil, yeah. I was made watch songs of praise for <laughs> ten. Oh my! Every Sunday night, and then it came on straight afterwards with Seventh Heaven. Do you remember that <gasps> show? Yeah, Seventh with Heaven. Jessica Biel. Yes, and that was it. Every Sunday, in my nana, you get a bag of chips and you watch songs of praise. And if you complain, you get in shite. Well, this. So whoever's in charge of the songs of praise Twitter account, and I just imagine it to be a vicar. It would. <laughs> it would be a priest. Yeah, uh, said. Takes note for next future ideas meeting. So you're welcome. When you do have a Songs of Praise special aboard a submarine, you have Shrine Podcasts to thank. But we're okay for an invite. (laughs) 
Rebecca has your thoughts and your theories this week. I have some impressive numbers that would almost give Carol Vorderman a run for her money. But now, with a recap of Vigil Season 1, Episode 3. Hannah, take it away, bitch. Thank you so much. I'm just opening my notes. Can we just have Rebecca really quickly who Robert Durst is? Robert Durst from The Jinx. Yes. For some strange reason, my head just went to Fred Durst and Limp Biscuit. Yeah, uh, yeah, who wore the doe-eyed contact lenses so he looked more innocent than he really was. And isn't Robert up for trial at the moment? Yeah, it's all over US media at the moment, but I haven't been following it. I must get into mm. it. Okay, guys, mm. vigil. Episode three. The episode opens waterside at the scene of Jade's death. DC Robertson is attending a shook up Longacre. DS Porter reveals that the wounds on Jane's body confirm that she was dragged into the water by someone much stronger than her. Longacre knows Jade had her phone on her when she was killed, but it's missing now. Longacre asks Robertson for permission to treat Craig Burke and Jade's murders as one investigation and he agrees. Also reveals the owner of the car who picked up Jade from the police station following her interview the day before. His name is Mark Hill and he works for a local MP called Patrick Cruden. We'll be back to those two dodgy boys later on. Meanwhile, a team of divers have found the remains of the missing trawler from episode one. Now, mixed up in the rubble, this nearly went over my head twice until I put the subtitles on. Mixed up in the rubble of the missing trawler are tiles which were ripped from the outside of whichever submarine dragged it down. Stop, I missed that. It was really quick and yeah. really um, like jargony. So these can be used to ID the culprit. Oh, right. That's how they start to get to the bottom mm-hmm. of it. Rear Admiral Shaw says, let's see what the Russians have to say about this one. I said, Rear Admiral, don't be jumping to conclusions. And you weren't <laughs> wrong, Pat. Now, Martin Comston's body is dragged from the nuclear fridge. It's been perfectly preserved but, in. like, I know he's in the little nuclear thing that she says is surrounded by four degree water, but, like, he's going to start decomposing at some point. Well, you would hope. The man doesn't have a blemish. Um, he does a BAFTA-worthy impression of a corpse as DCI Amy Silva rubs a cloth on his gums. How did he not flinch? Like, she's right up in under the gums. He's so still. Oh, and I always just keep thinking of that little hat that he wore and the picture of him in the little hat he's popping up throughout the episode. It does. Yeah, what's it called? Craig Burke has the same substance found on the fleece in his mouth. He was poisoned to death, meaning the murder was premeditated. So the coxswain and Dr. Doherty look concerned there in the room as well. And later, Silva asks the doc to narrow down the substance found in Craig's mouth based on his symptoms. But she's too busy to look into the matter straight away. What else is she doing? Oh, no. I was like, oh, no, Doherty, you dodgy bitch. Too I busy. told you. I said it last week. You did, Brendan. Yeah, I still now, no, no, now that I've watched the full episode, I'm like, I don't know who's dodgy anymore. Because it's ever, it's, you go through this phase that you're like, yeah. it's them. Oh, no, it's not. Yeah, I don't know about her she though. Got or they're dodgy to a certain part or dodgy just in certain areas, but not like dodgy as in the murder dodgy. A lot of people seem to be revealing their dodgy side very quickly and then mm. I'm getting confused. Yeah. Prentice, for example. Yeah. So back on land, Longacre briefs a team on the double murder investigation revealing Craig and Jade's relationship. Longacre tells her team that Jade called her the night before scared but was dead before Longacre could reach her. She also tells the room of Jay's suspicions that the Navy killed her boyfriend, friend of the podcast, Martin Compton. Jade also believed her peace camp was infiltrated by MI5. That peace camp, I mean, Jesus, you could do a podcast on just the peace camp. I'd love to know more about it. Well, hopefully we will now in the next three episodes. Porter then presents the findings on Craig's USB, a mix of personal and private data. The USB contains a report showing that Craig paid Craig Martin Compton paid to have a hair follicle DNA tested at a private lab the hair was positive for LSD there is no information on who hair whose hair it was however the test was ordered right after Vigil returned from an infamous trip to Florida (laughs) the mission to Florida was not a success Sailors let their hair down big time, resulting in 15 arrests for drunken disorderly behaviour with reports of sailors being high on drugs. Now, Vigil's crew, they were all drug tested after the carry on on a Monday night, might I add, in Florida. All of the drug tests came back clean. But now we have this hair that's testing positive for LSD. The Navy is being shady. I smell a cover up. Mm. 
elsewhere on the USBR. A couple of photos of Vigil's Dr. Doherty. And there's a man caught in the background with a giant tribal tattoo. Robertson tells the team to look into Doherty and what went on in Florida. It turns out Burke was on vigil to replace an officer who broke his leg. Something else I missed um, that happens very quickly. His name was Chief Petty Officer John Dearborn. And he would have been in Florida. So off Porter goes to hunt him down. The team briefing is hardly over and an angry Commander Branning rings Longacre fuming. So we remember Commander Branning, Branning is the very angry woman that works with Rear Admiral yeah. Shaw. Yeah, her and Rear Admiral be bezies. She's Rear Admiral's sidekick. So she's fuming on the phone to Longacre telling her to get the news on. Burke's murder has been leaked to the press and it sounds like Jade's murder go is going public imminently. Back on vigil, Commander Newsom is seething with Silva for arresting Prentice for a murder it is now clear he did not commit. Well, Amy gave him as good as she could get. A heated conversation is interrupted, though, by Hadlow. He's been running diagnostics on the reactor fault that caused a shit show last week. Everything is clear, but Newsom demands they be run again. Silva reminds Newsom that while Prentice is innocent of murder, there's still a dangerous person running around on board. Now, this episode... They're all running around and they know that they're criminals. There's no... Gary Walsh should have been handcuffed to something. Gary Walsh. (laughs) Gary Walsh should have been handcuffed to something like Jack and Titanic. You took the words out of my mouth. He was running around doing whatever he wanted, taking keys out and locking this, that and the other. I couldn't believe it. It's like they don't. It's like they are pretending there isn't nuclear bombs on board the ship and someone incredibly dangerous. That's a fair point because I was just going to say, but he can't go anywhere, but he could blow them up literally yeah take down the whole ship and there's guns i'm like why is there guns on a ship with nuclear weapons it's all in- this episode's incredibly stressful um so amy she gave him as good as she got silver reminds newsom that while prentice is innocent of the murder that dangerous person is running around now the coxswain who's been lurking in the corner tells the room oh well, it could be anyone oh can we talk about this scene for one second he's holding a cup when this is happening okay and I kept thinking to myself, think back to the first episode when he put cling film on the cup. Was there he, cling film over this cup? No, he just goes, anyone is capable. And I went, oh, coxswain, you gorgeous man, you're dodgy. Do you think that's a cup of poison? I, I don't think it's a cup of poison, but I kept thinking, this cup is here, he's holding it, anyone is capable. Think back to the cup in episode one. The cup is just put there to remind you. Yeah. Mm. He had the cup in episode one. He when tried to when give her a Saran cup of tea. Jones got uh, when she was literally airlifted onto right. the boat, the first thing he did was offer a cup Someone of tea. Someone made a really funny joke about cling film and cellif- What's the cling film? The name for cling film? I can't believe Saran wrap. Saran wrap. Sorry, people were like, "How I, did you guys miss I that joke for Saran wrap?" I didn't really know what Saran wrap was. Oh, I knew. I thought that was very good. Saran wrap. Another word for cling film. Is it? We yeah. completely missed that joke. Yeah. Anyway, thank you to whoever tweeted that. I'm to us. still missing it. Yeah, you're smarter than we are. Hannah's like it's cling film pet pet <laughs> Newsom tells a panicked Silva that her stay on vigil has been extended to three weeks while searching for her anxiety meds we learn that Silva's late boyfriend oh we get a flashback and we learn that Silva's late boyfriend's daughter was forced to move in with her biological grandparents after the crash which a lot of people guessed last week on the submarine Kearley berates Silva for ruining Gary Walsh's career. He's had a very tough childhood, she tells her. Kearley then agrees to give Silva information on Craig Burke if she tells the judge that Gary cooperated. I do feel sorry for Gary. He's been through a lot, but I didn't think he should be roaming around the boat unattend- like unaccompanied. No, unattended. <laughs> yeah. I do feel like Gary Walsh is like the Danny Waldron of this series. Yeah. That's my comparison. Yeah, and as like Saran Jones, as Amy Silva pointed out, he did bring heroin onto a Navy submarine. Yeah, no, like, no, what he did was really wrong. Did he deliberately bring it though? Because he did. Was it not just brought by accident because his brother was taking heroin? No, because they put it drinks. in his nostrils. I know, but did, was it that he brought it on by accident because his brother was using it, and then it was just there, and yeah. he's like, "Oh, who made now we him have it, do and... that though?" And then he's involved in the other cover up in uh, the mm. states that we'll find okay, out now about I later. Feel sorry for him. I feel like, and he was in and out of care all his life. Yeah. Yeah, just taking advantage of someone who's vulnerable. Yeah, yeah and his dad, his family, saying like they were kind of crap, and like he didn't really have much of a start in life. Um, so it turns out that Burke had a shit list files on everyone on board. Clearly reported it to Newsom, so he knew about it. 
Silva then receives a gram from Longacre, telling her of Jade's murder. <laughs> That's a telegram, not drugs. <laughs> <laughs> that took me a second. And to look into Florida and that Burke had a photo of Doherty with a man Weak visuals on him, but he's got my favourite book. I just I knew loved instantly. It. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, instantly. Someone tweeted they thought it was Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Went straight <laughs> over my head. I just was like, oh yeah, that's brilliant. My favourite book, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Just so good. It's fun clues yeah, to solve, isn't yeah. it? An MP called Patrick Cruden makes a press conference outside the Navy base back on land. He wants to scrap Trident. Longacre watches on before pulling Mark Hill for a chat. He's slimy and denies knowing Jade very well. He's working for MP Patrick Cruden. He says collecting her from the police station was a favour. Mark was at his girlfriend's 30th during Jade's murder. 30th? The man's about 75. (laughs) Like a giant... Asterisk, I just love that mark. he put that in there though He's like my girlfriend's, my girlfriend's 30th Yeah that's a little I think he just has grey hair like but you know He's not 30 He's not 75 but he's definitely in his 50s Long Acres having none of it and she tells Mark To come to the station at 2pm for further questioning So Burke's Memorial service is happening on board Vigil but Gary doesn't feel like attending He's in bed as the crew deliver As Brendan you called it A songs of praise impression <laughs> Dodgy looks are ten a penny. Silva is flashing back to her boyfriend's funeral, which sees his daughter call her mummy as she's dragged away by his parents. On the boat, the coxswain reveals the cook is upset because her son has been in a bad place lately. That's not cutting it with mm-hmm. me. Also, no. Saran Jones was quick enough to like cop. She's like, here, what's going on with your Who one? Who is that woman crying? The alleged cook. That alleged cook. That's not why she's crying. Let's come on now. When Silva casts doubt on Doherty, he gets annoyed. Back on land, Long Acre meets Chief Petty Officer Dearborn. We remember him from earlier on. He broke his leg, getting Craig Burke that um, fatal place on vigil. He's not revealing much about what happened in Florida, but he does tell Long Acre that Burke smashed up his cabin, claiming he was spiked. Guys, Florida was off the wall. <laughs> I'd love a few flashback scenes of Florida now. Could Martin Compton yeah. come on for another week? Yeah. He was off to film Line of Duty season six. I know. We would have loved a few flashbacks of Florida, no? Florida sounds bananas. <laughs> so Burke smashed up his cabin claim and he was spiked. He was actually kicked off the boat for that. He missed out on a promotion. That also would have been really fun to watch him do in like his full Scottish accent. Like yeah. that would have been great. And how do you smash up them cabins? Everything is made of metal and they're really And everything's small. bolted to the floor. We just throwing pillows around. <laughs> <laughs> Ripping curtains off bunk beds. <laughs> Absolutely out your head. Um, so he was kicked off the boat he missed out on a promotion and he only got back on vigil because Dearborn broke his leg Longacre pushes for more information and Dearborn tells her to look at Davis there was a problem with Davis he quickly gets spooked and leaves later Longacre talks to Porter she's guessed that the hair Burke drug tested was his own he wanted to prove that he was spiked Meanwhile, Porter has found Jade's phone and bank account details. She is getting paid a grand a month by a company called Ansel Holdings. And the sole director is 30-year-old Mark Hill. Dun, dun, dun. That was all really good detective work. It was brilliant. Really, really good. And it was quick and I missed it all the first time around. Kate Fleming energy off Longacre as well. Longacre and Porter are a great team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She also had a pattern of late night calls to MP Patrick Cruden. Silva talks to Prentice in his office on vigil. He is feeling very sorry for himself. They discuss Florida. Prentice tells uh, tells, uh, Saran that Burke caused big problems for the Navy over there, claiming he had been spiked despite everyone having clean urine tests. And who looked after the urine testing? Tiffany Doherty. Oh, Tiffany Later, Silva and the coxswain have a heated argument and she reveals her suspicions regarding Doherty. Back on land, Branning has got the results back on the submarine tiles that were mixed up in the wreckage of the trawler that we found at the start of the episode and it wasn't the Russians. She tells a shocked Rear Admiral Shaw. (laughs) It was an LA submarine, guys. LA submarine, the glamour. It's all getting very glamorous. Shaw calls in two <laughs> MI5 agents to get no. to the bottom of things. I was like, and the BBC. The, the female agent, I can't remember her name. Is it Laura something? 
Can't remember. Can't remember. An icon in the making, I would imagine. Yeah, I want to know more about her. Vibe I just went, wow. Giving me kind of Jill Bigelow yeah. sort of energy, yeah. Do you know what I would love more than Anthony in the world, but it's not possible now that they cast Martin Compton as Craig Burke, that this existed in the same television universe yeah. as Line of Duty, and that one day we see Longacre deployed to AC12 and our little minds would blow. I would just love that these characters, like Hollyoaks and Casualty, imagine. Please. Holby City. Do, are they in the same world? No, not Holby Holyoke. City. Holby. Oh, it's Holby the same City hospital. Yeah, I only yeah, yeah. found it no, out recently, that. Hannah. Oh, Hollyoaks yeah. is also, that's another... I will never yeah. forget. <laughs> another though, kettle of fish. There was a night years ago and there was an episode where an ambulance or a truck or something drove into the wall of one of the ambulances. Yeah. At, or one of the, the hospitals, hospitals and some other doctors from the other hospital had to come over and help and my mind was like It was melting. like a Christmas or a New Year's special or do they do that every Christmas or actually Hobby City's coming to an end now isn't it? But I think is it every, once a year Christmas or New Year I think they come together. That's almost too exciting. It, no, 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 I never imagine. watched them. And I'll just make it clear that Hollyoaks and Casualty are not in the same <laughs> televised universe. I've actually never watched Hollyoaks. I used to love it. Okay, it was an LA submarine. The M15 <laughs> agents are in to get to the bottom of things with Rear Admiral Sean Branning. He refers to the situation as a staggering act of hostility from a supposed ally, which is completely fair he enough. He got very angry there. But he's like, we're friends with America. The M15 agents promised to talk to the Pentagon. And I'm like, sorry, guys, the glamour of vigil. <laughs> um, but reveal America is annoyed over the carry-on in Florida. Can you imagine being a group of sailors that goes on a night out and you have so much fun that you've caused an international incident. <laughs> no, full on incident. Sorry, the iconic MI5 agent is called Laura Michaels and the other agent is Jay Coley. Laura Michaels. Michaels and Coley. I know, Michaels and Coley? Oh, give us a spin-off. spin-off. Longacre. They've said two words. We're like, give them a spin-off. <laughs> I'm just intrigued. I'm intrigued. Longacre interviews MP Patrick Cruden and his very fancy workplace. She implies the pair were paying Jade, the pair, I mean, Cruden and Mark Hill, were paying Jade for secret Trident information via Craig Burke. She threatens to tell Patrick's wife about the late night phone calls, but Patrick and Jade weren't having an affair. She was his daughter. He only found out last year that £1,000 a month was an allowance. Jay told her dad that she believed the peace camp was infiltrated by MI5 and that they were following her due to her connection with Burke. He apparently had proof that the Trident boats were not fit for purpose. He planned to bring the whole thing down. Patrick also revealed that after the carry-on in Florida, a crew member was shipped off to the Middle East. Yeah, now, the Navy here, just like the Catholic Church, problematic staff member will just move you along. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely shocking. And th- that boat is not fit for purpose. No. They are letting criminals run around the place. And guys, you think things were dodgy enough the end of this episode is about to blow things out of the water. Porter calls. He has noticed that a Ross Harmonson was on vigil in Florida and then poof, gone. Shipped off to Bahrain in the Middle East. Another problematic priest. Longacre, in a stunning moss green coat, notices she is being trailed by a black jeep. On vigil, Silva is tired. She's had enough and quickly, very quickly, gets Doherty to confess that she switched most of the urine samples in Florida for clean urine. Mm-hmm. They were all off their heads. She said she didn't do or she did it off her own back to protect her friends. Mm. Silva tells Doherty that she knows about the photo Burke had of her with a mysterious man. Was she being blackmailed? Now Doherty seems really genuinely surprised she did mm. not know this photo exists. Yeah. Existed. Longacre and Catherine Catherine do some Googling. Oh gorgeous cat. Catherine's acting. <laughs> they do some Googling and discover that Davis wasn't a person. Davis Marine Services appears to be a company working in a Florida port and two of their contractors were found dead recently after an apparent accident at the harbour. Horrific. Longacre and Robertson meet Branning and Rear Admiral Shaw. The police show the Navy the photo of Doherty and the man, the DNA test Burke ordered, and they question them on Ross Harmonson's relocation to Bahrain. They ask about Davis Marines, a naval service company in Port Harvest, Florida. The morning after Vigil's crew's big blowout, ah, Jesus. two Davis Marine workers washed up drowned. Longacre suggests a cover-up. 
Did the Navy murder Craig and Jade for their silence? Robertson wraps up the meeting. Meanwhile, on board, Craig is spiralling. He is stumbling around vigil drunk. He's got his hands on a gun, which I just don't think should be on a nuclear submarine, personally. Yeah, because you don't need guns to defend yourself because you're all working together as a team. And if anyone's going to try and kill you, they're just going to blow up the entire submarine, so a gun's not going to save you. Would someone have locked Gary Walsh into a room? I, someone, Gary Walsh needs to be locked into a room. Like, he is hammered. Prender. <laughs> He's a danger to himself and others. Yeah, Prentice yeah. has been in his crazy. office since episode one for a lot less. I yeah. think it's fair to say. Um, so he's at breaking point now about how unfair things have been. Silva talks him down though. She's been where he was but reminds him that life is worth living. She then flashes back to a doctor's appointment where she is prescribed an antidepressant and refuses counselling. Larry, who is bonded with Silva, spills on why Ross Harmison was booted off to Bahrain. This is brilliant. He came home from the infamous night out in Florida, still on an absolute mad one, and fell asleep. He failed to notice a cold water hose. Um, a cold water hose was failing to work, which apparently is extremely important. So all of the mechanisms then on the boat overheated. There was steam flying around. Two local contractors were in the turbine room at the time when Ross was asleep. And a pipe exploded from the heat and they were cooked alive before Gary could make it to them. He said, quote, a few degrees hotter and we were looking at another Fukushima. And he's running around with a gun telling us more than that. So because they were all hanging out of their arse, the whole submarine could have like exploded. And taking a chunk off America with it. That's America's (laughs) absolutely fuming now with England. Where was the... the, Scotland. You know, the B team, as I would say. Where's the B team doing the night shift? I when just, they're all off. I'd say they were all on the sesh together. Imagine the fear. And also, <laughs> you're on a submarine underwater. Well, he was in Bahrain before he woke up, I'd say. They are... <laughs> he nearly blew up America. They were over there to no have... No wonder they're trying to cover this all up. And I, by the sounds of it now, what I picked up on, they were over there getting one of the nuclear missiles, like, fixed. So to begin with, America was like, we'll fix the thing, come over. <laughs> they all go out and absolutely kill two people. Oh my And gosh. then nearly caused Fukushima. So... I, you can only imagine now where they're getting trailed by a submarine that's absolutely spitting fire at the carry on of these. <laughs> it was all hushed up, but all of the crew knew about it, including Craig Burke. And Gary also admits that the boats are on their last legs, but nobody wants to talk about it. So Gary leaves the Coxwain's office where him and Silva were having their meeting and heads off to see the medic. Silva rereads Longacre's gram, confused by the clue. But then a photo on Coxwain Elliot Glover's desk catches her eye, standing with his daughter and wife. He's got a large tribal tattoo of a dragon on one arm. And Silva flashes back to a morning bed with Longacre. She is reading The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. It is her favourite book. Back on the submarine, Silva looks nervous. I think it's around here that I noticed uh, some of the floor on Vigil reminds me of I don't know do you remember this there was like a kids game show on BBC back in the 90s called Incredible Games and David Williams was in it no, he played like some sort of a narrator but there was one of the games was like it was like set on like the roof of the building and it had like this Darth Vader style character and they had to move along this kind of griddled metal floor that lit up and your man was like <laughs> and he stepped forward I swear to God and it had the like the best theme music ever to like it's a TV all show. coming back to me it's, now. But like the, 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 this metal floor on Vigil that lights up reminded me of that game with like the Darth Vader character and David Williams on Incredible Games. I don't know if anyone else remembers that. It's a 90s thing. Did you ever thing. watch Monkey Run? No. no. Oh, I haven't seen either of those. Guys, Monkey Jungle Run it was called. It was absolutely brilliant and you had to run around a studio that was made to look like a jungle and collect tiny little monkey statues Stop. and you'd be trapped in there forever. It was, I was glued <laughs> to it after school. Um, Okay. On land, Rear Admiral Shaw makes a dodgy phone call. We have a situation up here that needs to be contained, he says. Now, does up here mean up in Scotland or does it mean up on land? Is he calling someone on vigil? I thought on land. But now that you say Scotland. Like, would you call someone in London and be like, we have a situation up here? Is it the Prime Minister? Or is it like Newsom? Yeah. Can you phone the submarine? No. Well, then that's that. Well, I mean, at the same time, guys, they probably could figure out a he way to call could be bringing someone other. on the first floor as well, in fairness, up the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally someone on the floor below him. <laughs> we have a problem here. <laughs> Run out of toilet roll. Um, Longacre is being tailed by a black jeep. 
It's flashing her to pull in. She radios for backup, but they are five minutes away. She heads for the nearest multi-story, which I will no. be... That's banked if I'm ever in a situation where I need to get out of and go into a multi-story car park. But no, because you're not cornering yourself in. Just keep driving on an open road and don't drive into a confined space, I have this in the theories. Okay. Do you? Because I, can I, will I talk about it now? Will I talk about it later? Because I thought there was a glaring oversight in this. Right, so. go on, go on. She drives into the multi-story and I'm like, she's safe. There's a woman at the barrier. The barrier was up. I presumed that woman was there to let the barrier up. And then close it. Yeah, but she didn't fucking close it. She left it up and the other car came flying in behind her and then they had a standoff on the roof. So I thought she was gone to a multi-story because they would have rang the multi-story ahead of time, been like, shut it down except let this one car in and here's the red. So you'd be all safe in it. Well, I mean, that's great police work. No, shite police work. No, but on your behalf. Oh, thanks. She heads for the nearest multi-story. A chase ensues. Long acre heads to the roof of the car park. The black car follows. Shouldn't be able to. So shoot, but why are they there? They could be on an open road. Two passengers disembark. It's MI5. But also, she did a total K Fleming here and got out of the car. Stay in the car. When she was told not to. When she was told not to not engage. engage. Do not engage. Jay Coley and Laura Michaels, MI5. (laughs) Give them a spin-off. MI5. It's so glamorous. You need to come with us, they tell Longacre. Look how many words are on this page. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> on vigil, Silva dodges Coxwain Glover, telling him she needs sleep. He knows, she knows. He, yeah, he does know she knows. In that scene, she looks scared of him. Yeah, and that's it. And do you think there is some sort of sexual chemistry going on between yeah. Silva and Glover? There was yeah. up until that very last scene. Yeah, and now she's like, oh dear God, you've been playing me this whole time. Like you did the whole cover up. You probably killed your man to even do it even more. You're a walking HR manager. Shocking. And the state of his tattoo. I'd say she's like, I'm not getting off this boat alive. No. Because I'm either going to have a panic attack and keel over or you're going to kill me. Mother of God. A great episode. Oh, a lot happened. Brilliant. The thing I love about Vigil is that Every time you think, oh, I've got this figured out, then you're like, oh no, MI5. Oh, huge cover up in Florida. Like, it always keeps you on your toes. I'm really excited to see where the story goes after this. Like, we didn't know about Florida until this episode. And now it's so, I'm obsessed with Florida, guys. (laughs) I think it's so funny. And I think MI5 being in it is just absolutely gas. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Thoughts and theories? Right, thoughts and theories. Had a ball reading all the emails to shrinepod at gmail.com and at shrinepod on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, right? Going to start off with a tweet that we got in from Chilindrina who says, why did Kirsten Kirsten drive to the top of the car park? Is that some sort of tactic? And someone called Caroline Claydon wrote back with a very great point. She says, I guess because she was hoping it was easy for backup to block the exits when they arrived so the baddies couldn't get away even if they did kill her. Kirsten is someone who cares for others more than herself and would do the best for the public. 
that sounds like a reasonable enough explanation in the absence of any other explanation. So I don't want anyone getting hurt in this crazy police chase. Let's go to the multi-storey car park. They can be blocked in. They won't get away with whatever they're about to do to me. And there we go. If there's a shootout. Yep. That's really bang on the money, isn't it? Very, very good point. Now, Sophie Christ got in touch with some interesting real-life information, okay? So she says that actually a real Trident submarine called HMS Vigilant... That's what it's named after. Yeah. So a real-life submarine called HMS Vigilant got into a spot of bother in 2017 when its crew apparently got drunk in Georgia in the United States of America. Shut up. There were alleged affairs amongst crew, uh, apparently some positive drug tests as well. So she's wondering if this was inspiration for Vigil. Oh, of course it was. Vigil, Vigilant. Do you know what I'm uh, watching the latest episode? It would be problematic on a number of levels if a male and a female did engage with each other and you became pregnant and you were on the submarine. Like, what the hell would you do? How many months are they under? Is it three months? Oh my God, yeah. Imagine. Season two. Season two. Um, Anyway, I thought that was interesting. I haven't actually looked that up properly, but there is a real life submarine called HMS Vigilance. So I'm I'm sure maybe that inspired the storyline. So the real Trident submarines in real life are all Vs and Vigilant is one of them. So that is true. But to know about Georgia... And all the drugs and everything. That must Mm. have inspired it. Now, moving on to the whole MI5 situation. Elle says, are MI5 trying to help the police and uncover a a Navy cover-up? Or is there something more sinister happening between the UK and the US navies? Oh, I think something more sinister. Daniel says, there are two scenarios. Either MI5 will tell Kirsten to stay away from it and stop investigating the lead, which she obviously won't do. Or they will show her the treasure trove of information they have on Vigil and the deaths at Port Havens. So are MI5 are, what side are they on? They are on the UK side. So they're supposed to protect the whole of the UK. So they should be on the side of the police, the Navy, everyone. I don't think they're going to be by the sounds of this. MI5 is essentially like the CIA yeah. of the UK. And they've, from what I understand. It's basically like homeland security. Like they defend the country against external threats. Okay, so what would they be about to tell her? Well, they know a lot. Yeah, They know a lot. And there's going to be so much more to this story. Like, we're going to find out so much more next week. Um, Tim Griffiths asks, who was the previous XO of Vigil that Prentice has brought in to replace? Could it be Lieutenant Commander Branning? And hence why she's dodgy and she is sat up there alongside the Rear Admiral. Yeah, we don't know who that was, do we? <laughs> rear Admiral. I will never not giggle when you say Rear Admiral because you say it with like just a grin. Mm. Yeah, she does. <laughs> Over to Tony Hamlin's theory. Help me, Tony. Help me. Help me, Tony. Tony says, I reckon that the loitering Navy guy who jumped into the submarine with Saran Jones in episode one isn't actually Navy, but is an undercover cop who has been planted by the cops there on Saran's side to help her, but she doesn't know it yet. That would explain why he couldn't read the bloody sonar and there was a fucking tanker in front of them. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember? And he was like, I'm so sorry. He was like, oh, there's so much trouble on vigil He's and like, like yeah. wouldn't tell her anything. He was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't see that giant tanker. I love people hiding in plain sight like I would really love that moment if Saran Jones is in a bit of a sticky situation and he's like pulls off his mask and he's like oh I'm a cop that'd be deadly it would be brilliant um, Tony also says that he Tony. knew the coxswain guy was up to no good right he reckons sleeping with the dock was just the start of it Tony says also did you notice in episode 2 that we didn't see him find the green fleece we saw him reach for something yeah. but before we saw what he reached for it was cut so he then just comes out with his magical green fleece later and it's like oh look what I found and what other information did he give us there he said that Walsh admitted working with Prentice although they did confirm that though so he didn't make that up Mm. and guys you have to remember that for the first three episodes Silva has thought of him as an ally so she's been revealing a lot of her thinkings to him he's in every meeting she's not allowed to go anywhere on the boat or speak to anyone unless he's there do you know what though I'm hoping that she's cleverer than that and that uh, when we watch more episodes, she's going to have She the, held like, back the tattoo thing to him She's going to be two steps ahead of us, well, hopefully. She's, she's two steps ahead of him yeah. now, but I think he did get a bit of yeah. info oh, on he her did. investigation. He did. Tony added, every time I see Martin Comston, I think of him as the hairy man from Line of Duty because he's so hairy. This makes me laugh a lot. Also, how many days did the hairy Martin Comston shoot for? They seem to have endless footage of his non-decaying corpse being lifted in and out of that missile silo. Six did he say six days? 
Wow. I think it was six days. Six days while he was in quarantine for Line of Duty. Now, Deborah Shoyer says, I still have no idea who killed Jade and Burke, but I think the the gallery chef... The gallery chef, that woman. Galley. The galley chef. chef. The galley chef. What's a galley chef? A galley, you know, like a galley kitchen. It's narrow. Oh, really? Yeah. I learned that new today now. Well, everything's a galley on vigil, isn't it? Exactly. Well, the galley chef is dodgy as they showed her crying again at the memorial service. Also, maybe Burke was blackmailing Glover about the affair and Glover got the chef to poison him. I don't think Doherty killed Burke. She didn't know that Burke had the photos, but I think someone, maybe Newsome, ordered her to falsify the drugs tests. That chef, like, got the LSD for everyone in Florida or <laughs> she started something that kick-started everything and the, she, there's a guilt issue there. And then, um, who was the person I was talking about there? Sorry. Deborah. Sorry, Deborah. My apologies. Deborah says, I think that Captain Newsom, Newsom is dodgy too because he covered up the death of the contractors in Florida. Also, something is up with the sailor who replaced Burke. He isn't very good at his job. <laughs> Is D.S. Porter the Chloe Bishop of Vigil, i.e. the detective who actually does most of the work and solves the case? I do have a theory about Amy. I think she was pregnant and had a miscarriage. She was clutching her stomach at the Mm -hmm. funeral like she was in pain. And then the show also made a point of her uh, showing the doctor, asking her if she was pregnant pregnant and prescribing the antidepressants. So she just said, you know, she had that sorrowful look on her head and she was shaking her head. So it could also be a case of potentially she's not able to have kids. Yeah, could be that, but yeah. it, it, it did seem very, it, it, that was in there for a reason, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that went over my head, but now you say it like, yeah, it yeah. was in there for a reason. Mm. Um, Nat says, I think that the cook is related to Burke, maybe his mum, or she felt guilty because someone made her poison him. I love the way Martin Comston in this is sort of the same, Craig Burke is sort of the same character as Steve Arnott in that he is the wanker that everyone hates. He's like, oh yeah, you all tested negative. Really? I'm going to prove you all wrong. He's like, I'm not saying friend of the podcast, Martin Comston has been typecast, but he is playing the wanker that everyone in the office hates again. Yeah, but is that chef his mom? <laughs> and he had a shit list on everyone, which I was obsessed with. <laughs> um, Owen Barra says, so at Burke's Memorial... Like a little list that I just kept thinking of Graham list. Norton. Does he keep the list under his hat? With his little <laughs> list in Father Ted. <laughs> Um, Owen Barra says so at Berg's memorial on the submarine Hadlow recites a verse from the Bible Mark 16 verse 14 I looked it up and it is as follows later Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating (laughs) he rebuked them for their lack of faith sorry (laughs) sorry I'm going to keel over sorry Owen Barra went into the Bible and got this actual verse like fair play who is he Doc Cotton (laughs) okay so hang on now start again because the songs of praise might be listening to this. <laughs> okay. How are you, Father? Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. I'm clutching at straws here, but I would guess this hints towards Burke's videos playing a big part in tying everything together. When people see what he has to say posthumously, like posthumously. Posthumously. Is that how you pronounce that word? Yeah. Hilarious. I've ne- in my head I've read that I as posthumously. Posthumous. I've always said post like posthumously. Yeah, I so is it posthumous? Posthumously, yeah. Posthumous. Well, that's yeah. not your fault, that's spelled. I have never uh, pronounced it's that. Spelled correctly post-humus. In my head. It is post I would have said humus anyway. Uh, posthumously, as we already assume. Basically, Owen's saying that is this like he's risen from the dead in his videos, and is it a comparison to Jesus rising from the dead? Okay? Yeah. Or Harmison, we've obviously heard about him being transferred to uh, the Middle East after the Florida incident. He uh, He's asking about why Harmison hasn't been able to be contacted by the police in Scotland. He's like, are we going to find out in the next episode that he's presumed dead kind of thing? And then he's going to be like, surprise, bitch, I'm going to tell you everything. I just don't think they've had enough time to contact him yet, have they? Probably not. Or we're going to see that in the next episode. But it, but basically, Owen's just speculating. Is that going to be like, a oh, he, he was shipped off, he's assumed dead, and then he's going to come back and be the key to the whole thing? I don't know if he's going to be able to talk. He might try to talk and then get killed. But I'd say they were like, we are sending you to Bahrain. You are never to come back here and never open your mouth. You nearly caused Hiroshima. World like, War Three. Yeah, literally. Like, yeah. Absolutely Like, horrific. he should be in prison for the a fit over that. Yeah. Like Gary is like getting in so much trouble, he's going to lose his job, and Ross just got chipped off. Jesus. 
Um, okay, so so basically Owen's just like, am I overthinking this whole thing uh, or maybe there's merit to my little theory? And in relation to our What Jed Said style catch of the day segment, Sarah O'Rourke says, what about troll the net for What Jed Said? Oh... My yeah, very God, good. that's brilliant. Trawling the net, does that make sense? Yeah, because you're trawling the internet. And Sarah says, I love the pod. Obsessed that you guys are back and only thrilled for our uh, roll-on season two or roll-on a season of Shrine Pod Weddings. There uh, we go, do a spin-off. Yeah. Reb, are, what, what is, who's that person? Sarah O'Rourke. Sarah O'Rourke, you are a copywriter. If yeah. you don't even realise that already, people will pay thousands for those times. Troll the net. So thank you so much to everyone who sent in theories. You can get in touch at ShrinePod on social or ShrinePod at gmail.com. I mean, guys, a lot of great observations. A lot of great observations. Um, no trailer again this week, but the BBC did release viewing figures for Vigil. 10.2 million people watched uh, Vigil live or on catch-up in its first seven days, making Vigil the BBC's most watched new drama of the year so far. Which is pretty impressive. Of course, they were releasing those figures. They're chuffed. They're delighted. Um, The creator of the show, Tom Edge, he's been speaking to the Radio Times and he was like, I don't want viewers to be like, well, it's crystal clear what happens and we all agree. He's like, that would be dreadful. And I think we can agree that we definitely, it's not crystal clear and we don't know what's going to happen. No, we exist in the ambiguity, darlings. Um, Also, I can't remember, Hannah, if you mentioned this um, last week or not, but do we know what else Tom Edge is working on? He's got a four-part adaptation of Imran Mahmood's novel You Don't Know Me No Right So it's being co-produced by BBC One and Netflix and will air next year So it tells the story of a young man who stands accused of murder in the face of overwhelming evidence against him but who during his trial tells an extraordinary story about his wife and how he risked everything to save her so even though we've only got, what, three episodes of Vigil left, at least we know that is coming. Down so we're halfway through season one of Vigil. We're halfway through. What do you think is going to happen? Whispers of season two already, guys. There are whispers them. of season two now, but I did research that today. And that's one tabloid quoting another tabloid, quoting another tabloid, quoting a source. Chinese so, whispers. Yeah. But Does the source I, know something? I would imagine there, I would imagine it will happen. Yeah. What do we think is going to happen in the next episode? I think Rebecca's on the money there with Ross. Harmonston in Bahrain. Yeah, like, I mean, listen, like, surely he's going to come into it. There is someone working undercover in the peace camp, so we need to find out more about that. That dodgy fella that who walked dodgy in. man. Yeah, who walked into the conversation between Longacre and Jade. Uh, what about that? Who beat up Longacre in the apartment? Yeah, I want I want DNA t- test done on the blood because the camera hovered on the scissors with the blood for too long. I want DNA tests done on that blood. Yeah, absolutely. I want the results of that in the we next episode. We need to find out more about the cook because for someone who hasn't had a speaking role, yes. we have been speaking a lot about Just them. a whimpering role. Yeah. Doherty has to get in trouble for covering up those urine tests. What is Elliot going to do to Silva? I think he's going to lose the plot, guys. I think he is going to crack. I think he might be really evil. He'll I don't pop want out to those believe he doe-eyed is. eyed contact lenses. But like, if we think about who's left on the ship, right? Prentice, we kind of got to the bottom of him. He just loves his role and he's a bit of an arsehole and yeah. whatever. Gary, unraveling, difficult childhood, but we sort of feel sorry for him. Doherty, I think she's dodgy. I think she's maybe dodgy to a point, as in like the affair and covering up the drugs tests but I don't know if she knows anything about the murder knew some new about the whole Florida thing he's the captain is it that everyone is just one part dodgy and that collectively when it all comes together well no somebody's obviously responsible for the murder but I think everyone has a different secret that looks dodgy murder on the Orient Express yeah there's someone on vigil that is MI5 and I think there's someone on vigil or they're an undercover American plant or something yeah. There is, like, somebody on there is double jobbing. There's going to be repercussions for those two fellas that died on vigil as well. I think that's going to be some sort of storyline. Like, America, I just feel, yeah, I think it's going to get maybe a little bit bigger than what we originally started with. Yeah, like Downing Street and the White House meeting over yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is Longacre going to become. Like, MI5 are going to have to tell her a lot of stuff. Dying to know the conversation that happens there now on the yeah. roof of the multi-storey car park. 
I love Longacre. If they do a season two, I hope it's Silva and Longacre solving another murder rather than like a na- rather than going down the navy route of things. Yeah. I hope they get to have a happy ending and be together. I'm nervous. I know. Longacre was like, you can't say sorry now. It's too late. Like, so, and I think I would love to also find out more about what happened there. We might not find that out. We might need to know because no. we sort of know enough. But she did say, Cat Catherine hopes yeah. you're okay, and so do I. And yeah. I thought, is that a bit of an olive branch? Maybe this like kind of working together is going to make them and like having rekindle. to use their memories. Yeah. Um. Do you guys think Amy Silva is going to survive three weeks on vigil? I think because they killed Martin Comston off they're not also going to kill Saran Jones off do you think like see I'm in two minds about this I'm like is this the Saran Jones three season show <sighs> or is Saran Jones the star for one season bye and then Longacre was the star all along that was sort of on the sidelines bring Keely Halls in for the next season and then roll the next yeah. one in I think Saran I think she could be a goner if there was a season two could there be if Vigil's just one ship would you do a season two mean. would you call a Vigil would it just be Saran Jones as Amy Silva on her next case that's what I think it's, well, yeah. that's what I'd be interested in but maybe that's not the show I don't know I can see Amy Silva being airlifted back off Vigil in like the second last episode of this season we're going to have to and get the maybe reunion not surviving with Longacre, on land. aren't we? Like, yeah. that's going to have to pay off. So I think you're probably right. Yeah, absolutely. Like There's, there's going to be a big grilling back uh, either in the Navy headquarters or in the police headquarters where we first saw Amy Silva. There'll be some sort of, like, face-off. Yeah, like uh, a glass box spectacular style face-off. Yeah, there has to be more crazy conspiracies as well between the police going against um, the Navy. I think Rear Admiral Shaw is going to turn out to be a goodie. Yeah. Yeah, I think him and Branning are going to swoop in and save the day. I think Newsom could be a big dodgy boy. Mm. There's something we're not seeing, guys. Yeah, I also think that we're, the next episode, though, will be the tie between the start and then the last two episodes. Do you know what I mean? I think the yeah. next episode is very important. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to see how they have three hours of story left. They obviously do, but three hours. I mean, we found out about Florida this week. We never knew about that. Yeah. True. What else did that ship get up to? A lot. Okay, that is it for this week. Thanks to all of our supporters on Patreon, including Brian Foster, Flora, Michael Donahue, and Bav Danik. If you would like to support us, you can do so on patreon.com forward slash Shrine Pod. If you'd like to get in touch during the week, we are at Shrine Pod on Instagram and Facebook. You can email us shrinepod at gmail.com. That is it. We are off to enjoy the hot and humid Indian summer we're getting, the final 24 to 48 hours of it. Think about Martin Comston in his little sailor hat and I am personally off to hunt out another Mars bar ice cream, Hannah. Oh, sign us up. I'll join you there. How are you with confined spaces? This is TV worth talking about. So we want to hear what you have to say. Find Shrine Podcasts on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Shrine Pod. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.